everybody. This is Jenna. And I'm Noelle. And you're listening to More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! I promise, guys, this is Jenna. Probably don't sound like Jenna right now because I'm creaky and croaky. It's not that bad. No, it's not. It could have been a lot worse. Thank God we don't have a Monday podcast. Mm-hmm. Would have been bad. So we are coming at you special this this week because it is Halloween and we have a two parter for you. Yay! Two so, for one. Yeah, you get a story from me and you get a story from Noelle all in the same episode. That's right. Freaking awesome, guys! We're so excited. Some of our favorite kinds. Oh, yeah. And it's Halloween, too. Yeah. You know? So it's fun on Christmas. It's fun on the other ones. But Halloween is especially fun. I wanted to, like, decorate in here and get it all spooky. But, of course. Yeah. I didn't. That's I didn't. We're only in here once a week. Yeah. Right? Anyway, so today we have something pretty fun. Okay. We're going to go back. And to preface, you know, in 1897, there was a book that was written by Bram Stoker. Mm -hmm. That name should sound familiar. Well, it wasn't a very little book. It was Dracula. Mm -hmm. Dracula basically started the extent of pop culture vampires. Oh, yeah. It really pushed the vampire into how we have it today. You know, Halloween Mm -hmm. costumes and, of course, all of the TV shows. Buffy. I got the novel right on my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, we got Buffy, True Blood, and of course, the biggest hit of the 2010s, Twilight. And the Vampire Diaries. And well, yes, that was... All that. That was the moment of, like, the romanticized vampire. Like, they just were written as, like, these heartthrobs that all the girls were like, oh, bite me. Well, that's also because they're taking it a bit further than Bram Stoker did. Dracula is supposed to have a mysticism and a magic about him. Oh, yes, of course. So yes. it's, he's very beguiling and, you know, is able to, to charm you with his mystic wiles. And so I think that's where there, that part yes, came of from. of course, of course. And, and I mean... They exaggerated it. Oh, yeah, I mean, I had Team Edward on my fucking wall because, you know, I was... I was not a Twilight uh, person at all. I had friends in Cos. I didn't know about it to the extent, like, of how early it came out. Like, I had friends in Cos who were fanatics. They had t-shirts. They were reading all the books. And I was like, huh. So it was, like, right before the movie came out that I was like, okay, I'll I'll start reading these books. And I did. I cooked through those books. I still have one, I think, somewhere in this house. So, yeah. Twilight was a big thing and basically was the quintessential heartthrob well, no, Spike. You got Spike and Angel. Those are my heartthrobs. Oh, yeah. There's, there was ones long before <laughs> yeah, Twilight. Yeah, Twilight is them. not. No. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but, so, to get into today, this episode is about very, very real vampires, or so people thought. This was a panic which took place throughout New England in the 18th and 19th centuries. <laughs> She's so cute. Her <laughs> kitty like, is playing with like a, uh, it's almost like an invisible piece of elastic. It's like cellophane or something. It looks like it came off of tape or something sticky yeah. of the sort. But yes, she's in here today, wind to get her way, of course. So, so she got it. You'd think, you know, 18th and 19th century, that's not very 
long ago. It's not like the witch trials of the 1600s. Like this was late 17 into the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty crazy how slow our society can kind of be with <laughs> getting into science. Because as we all know, the premise of this episode and many others, arguably too many, tuberculosis or consumption really ravaged the world and killed so many people. Mm -hmm. It was a highly contagious disease, and in the 17 and 1800s, germs and bacteria just were not understood. Science was not even really, it was a thing, but it was very like people still to this day don't believe science. You think they were believing it even more back then? No, I mean, this is like during the Black Plague, they would toss their shit and garbage, literally their feces and garbage oh out the house God, window yes. because there's no plumbing. You know, just land yeah. on the street or, God forbid, you're walking down below. Well, that's why, like, those big <laughs> rivers and stuff that were right by there, like the River Thames and all that stuff, yeah. were just bacteria and, and just shit creeks. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> so, yes, that was not very understood. And people, of course, needed something to blame for all of these people dying, you know, by the 1800s, it was like Mm -hmm. one in four were dying of tuberculosis. So, which you guys should know because Jenna has covered lots of TV places. Like three? Is (laughs) it three now? There's probably going to be more. We pushed off another one at one point, I think. Um, No, I think that was an asylum because I do a lot of those too. (laughs) They're like a poor house. (sighs) Those are my thing, guys. So, um, yeah, so they needed something to blame, and due to folklore and how fast the illness was moving, many, especially those in New England, believed it was probably caused by something supernatural. This was mainly due to the disease literally sucking the life out of those suffering. They basically wasted away. They became like a shell of the person that they were. They had sunken eyes, ashen, pale skin, and as we all know, they often coughed up blood. Okay? So it's all leading to a vampire panic. Which is still silly because if that, if that was the case, if people were just coughing up blood, don't you think vampires would just be there, catch all these people's bloody coughs, you and, know, I, eating everybody? You'd think, but it's also <laughs> not... Vampires take different shapes throughout history. It's not always that bloodsucker, bite-the-neck lore. So a lot of it was more supernatural. They only came back in a supernatural state, and they sucked the life that way. Some believe that they did physically leave the grave, but this particular one, it was very supernatural. So, yeah, we'll definitely get into it, because it wasn't even like, you know, the whole town was affected. It was family. So if one person in the family died and the more in the family got sick, which I'm going above in my notes now, so I'll probably repeat myself, um, they were, that's why they were thinking, oh, okay, another family member must be doing it to us. So it was very spiritual and within the family. Now, with how the disease spread, um, it was also a cause for panic. Consumption could easily wipe out an entire family, and that's usually how it happened. Mm-hmm. We now know that it was spread by germs and particles. They're coughing. They're wiping their snot on every surface in the house. There's probably no antibacterial pledge or Lysol to fucking spray. No hand sanitizer. No. So it was probably pretty fucking gross. Yep. And, of course... People didn't even bathe back then. No. <laughs> no, they'd have their one bathe day with eight people in the family all yeah. bathing in the same, same water. water. Ew, it's so gross. 
It's so gross. And God forbid a kid poops in there. I well, mean, that's the thing is they would usually do the kids first. Yeah. Kids would always get bathed first. So think of mom and dad. Like, uh-huh. Ugh. Ugh. Nasty. Ugh. I wouldn't even bother. i just Ew. get a sponge at the sink and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Just spray yourself down. Do something. Yeah. Get the hose. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Freaking gross. So, obviously, back then, nobody knew about germs. They didn't know how this stuff spread. They didn't realize, like, oh, I'm coughing out. You're going to catch this particle. You could get sick, too. So, obviously, ow, cat. Sorry, she's, like, clawing me. (laughs) So, many believed that if they got sick after a family member passed away from consumption, it wasn't because of germs. It was because the recently deceased had risen from the grave to come back and drain the life from surviving family members. So that is where a lot of their heads went. Hmm. There were some sane people, obviously. People, tale as old as time. You're going to have people who are for things and people who are against things. So there were people who were like, oh, these people are fucking quacks. And then there were people who were like, we got to do drastic stuff because our family members are coming back as vampires and literally sucking the life out of us. And they're just diagnosed with tuberculosis, guys. <laughs> Poor thing. And it's in the fucking 1800s, like the late 1800s that this is happening. Anyway, this obviously created panic and fear throughout New England. And many were convinced that vampire, uh, vampirism was the true cause of this disease. This was happening in other areas uh, in, like, Europe as well. But in the States particularly, it was most common in Rhode Island, Vermont, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Now, <clears throat> I might have to clear my throat a couple times, guys. I did do, like, a side goog to see if I could find any cases in, like, New York. Because I was like, oh, okay, you know, we're kind of East Coast. We're close to those areas. Couldn't find anything concrete. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there were probably some people. The hysteria definitely traveled, and it was in the newspapers, and... Some people even believe that is where Bram Stoker got his idea for Dracula. Because a lot of this stuff was going on the same time that he was writing it. He got it from Vlad the Impaler. Well, yes, but he loosely... It was at the time that this was happening, so vampires were very real. And he was probably... It might have struck an up inspiration like, oh, okay, vampires are being talked about a lot right now. Let's write something. Um, And, I mean, if, if he was working on the book, this was going on in the... 1790s too so it's Mm. not like it was just like this little period in time like there was this big period where people were basically fucking up their dead loved ones Mm -hmm. okay now once new englanders were steadfast in this belief and literally nothing could change their minds things started to obviously take a dark turn since these vampires were returning from the grave the living needed to find ways to eradicate their undead family members I don't understand how they got to this, but it's lore that basically was passed down on how vampires are eradicated, and they kind of took it and changed it, and some areas did different things. Um, So I'm not saying everyone was doing these, but throughout the area, they all had their different rituals. Now, this usually resulted in exhuming the bodies of the deceased. Once exhumed, that means dig up, if you you don't know, Once exhumed, if someone maybe looked a little too good, like decomp-wise, they would be suspected of being a vampire. So they're like, oh, okay, they're not decaying. They're not really dead. You know, because it makes sense that way. Fucking science. These, quote, vampires would also seem to have their hair and nails that continued growth after death. 
Now, this is a real phenomenon that is legit. According to an article on UAMSHealth.com, the actual reason that this happens is because of dehydration. Your skin sinks back and kind of shrinks, so your nails look a little tiny bit longer and your hair looks a little tiny bit longer. So, yeah. Back in the day, they did not know that. So they were like, oh, shit, this mystical person is alive and going to come and get me. Now... That is, I could see why they would think that is supernatural back in that day. You know, they're like, oh, shit, their shit's still growing. Why is that happening? Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to science, we definitely know what's going on. <coughs> Sorry. Now, if someone was exhumed and declared a vampire, they were, um, there were some rituals which, which took place, and these were believed to help stop the attacks. Never worked, guys. We'll get into that. And some towns were fairly tame. They would simply just turn the body over. No harm, no foul. They literally thought, no, nope, that'll, yeah, that'll confuse the vampire and they will not be able to get out. And others were a bit darker. So if organs were still present inside of the body, especially the heart, those would be removed and then burned. Some would be decapitated and they would like rearrange the bones around so that the person could not leave apparently, or travel. Um, Once the organs were burned, those family members who believed they were being preyed upon would either inhale the smoke or consume the ashes. They would make like a tonic with those ashes and the person would drink it. Have fun with your TV. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then ate some tuberculosis. Yeah, so that was thought to, of course, heal them. Hopefully through the burning of it, it didn't, it killed the bacteria, but who the fuck knows? Um, unfortunately, many perished still, and it's a deadly disease, not vampires, and we know that, you know, you need, like, an antibiotic for that, and um, sadly, that won't be created for, like, a hundred more years, but still, it, it... But even still, it's crazy that at this time period, I mean, there were poor houses in the 1800s for tuberculosis and stuff, so it's crazy that these people are still, like... It's vampires, but no, there's people in fucking hospitals right now. Well, no, that's the thing is there were some hospitals, but the sanatorium did not arise until about 1900. It was like the late 1800s when, and that's kind of when this all goes away. So if I did already say this, I'm not going to say this later on. Um, Basically, in the late 1800s was when the bacteria was actually found and when germ theory was created. So they kind of knew how people were getting infected that is when the sanatorium opened. So it wasn't until after this. There were some hospitals in some places I think they were sending people, but to the mass of it, they just weren't being created quite yet. Okay. Yeah. Because the story I have, I do have a story of um, a vampire, a suspected vampire, and she doesn't die until like 1892. And that's usually, I think about the 1900s is when the panic started to kind of kind of wind down there were probably still some people who were like that's tuberculosis no it's vampirism you Mm -hmm. know those people who are steadfast but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah so this episode wouldn't be complete without the story of mercy brown uh she is said to be one of the most famous suspected vampires of this time and her story is like i said a little bit later in the hysteria so there are stories from spanning the entire portion but hers is a little bit later Mm mm-hmm now, the um, Brown family resided in Exeter, Rhode Island. 
Mary Eliza Brown, who was Mercy's mother, was the first of the family to catch consumption, and she passed away in 1882. Um, the next to catch the disease was the older sister, Mary Olive, and she was age 20. She passed away a few years after her mother in 1886. So as we know, it works pretty quickly, and unfortunately, people die very easily from it. So the Brown family was kind of just dropping off one by one. I mean... Honestly, if there's no treatment for it, thank God it does go quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's I a mean, horrible thing. You're like drowning in your Well, blood. that's the problem, too, like, is I feel like with the sanatorium, it made people live a little bit longer. It did, but is that good or bad? I know. You know, it just like, depends on the condition. If they felt, if they... If they were feeling if they okay. Felt good, yeah, yeah, then that's good. But if they were just delaying the inevitable. But like my other episodes, guys go listen, like they were torturing these people yeah, too, cutting course. them open and taking yeah. out lungs. And like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I'd rather just get it and just die from it if I'm gonna. You know what's weird? Hot takes, though? Sorry. In the second <laughs> season of um, Hill House. Okay. Yeah, she yeah, had yeah. T- TB, the girl, the, you know. Yep, 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 yep. But she had it. It seemed like hers went on for, like, years. Well, no, that can happen. Um, With a no lot treatment. Of, it didn't seem like she was getting any antibiotics or anything. So, like, a lot of people, especially, like, towards the late, like, I even think, like, the Black Dahlia had something, um, Elizabeth Short, so smart, whatever the fuck. Ooh, I should know that. Where's my brain going? Um, I think she had, like, I think it's TB. That's why they sent her to live in, like, California. You go to, like, warmer climates yeah. and you live there. And even in my, um, the Hume Parker case, she also did. And that's why she was going to, like, South Africa and New Zealand. And they try to move. If you're in a warmer climate, you can survive and live better. Sometimes your immune system is better, too. And I think it just depended case to she case. She looked like shit. I don't know. I, I was, like, surprised. I was like, this bitch is, like, still. I know. It's crazy. And I think it's, like, I mean, one of those like... things where it was probably, like, flaring up. Mm-hmm. And then they might have, like, better times. Like, in the winter, I'd probably feel like shit. But in the summer, it's like, okay, I can breathe some fresh air, feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you just, it, you feel a little bit better. But, yeah, no. They were either dying or they were. Struggling. I don't know. And I think that those people are later. Like, when, did, when was Bly? Do you remember, I don't remember when, that when Bly was? was but I feel okay. like it was. Because I feel like 30s, 40s, and then I think the antibiotic was created in the 50s. Yeah, Maybe I think even it was way before that, I feel like, was, for some um, reason. They were getting people to live longer, and mm-hmm. I think it is in those circumstances. So, that back to the point, like, is it good to live that long with tuberculosis? Yeah. I feel like if it would it's suck. Better quality of life, then sure, but. Dude, I've known what it feels like not to be able to breathe, <sighs> and it's fucking scary. <sighs> scary i don't like it i don't like it yeah and i'll just imagine yourself gargling on your own blood the whole time uh, dude it scares me it it's scares awful. me so much oh anyway so back to the browns edwin brown who was the only son in the family he's the next to contract the illness and he actually decides he's going to travel to colorado to seek medical care so i think this was one of the areas that had probably like a hot an experimental tv mm-hmm. hospital but probably not on the uh the realm of sanatorium size. Now, if obviously we are aware that there is no cure at this time, so he does not get better from mm-hmm. going to the hospital, and he just returns home. Once home, he finds out that his youngest sister, Mercy, age 19, younger, I don't know if she's the youngest, um, had also passed away from tuberculosis. So this family is just literally being plagued by it. Mm-hmm. And 
that's how it was at the time. Other families had the same thing. You know, it wasn't just, I'm going to choose this family, and I'm going to choose this. Everyone was fucking getting it, and everyone was spreading it. And well, I mean, look at how sickness spreads even regularly today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it does have something to do, like, I think the vampirism thing that they didn't understand was immune systems. Some people might have had a better immune system, and they could have lived with it longer. Or if they didn't have a very good immune system, they might have died quicker. Like, it just, it really depends. My dad never fucking got sick. I'm sick and I'm down for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just get affected differently. So maybe that's why, you know, the vampire hysteria was really a thing. Oh, well, I'm not getting it. You're not getting it. But everyone in our family has gotten it. So it's got to be something going on. It's just I wouldn't probably <laughs> jump to that conclusion first. I mean, no, of be course like, not. It's going through the family. Did you eat something funny? What did I eat? No. Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> it was not a thing. And at this time, probably religion was really big. Mm, and yeah, of course it was. And of course, you know, we're all passing down stories and folklore. And they jump to conclusions, obviously. Just like the satanic panic in the 80s. You know, they jump to, oh, Satanists are doing this kind of stuff. You know, it's just fucking humans. I well, that's because at that time, <clears throat> Satanists gave Satanists a bad name. And we're doing fucked up shit. <clears throat> Manson uh, and fucking Ramirez. Shit. Yeah, Ramirez was scary into that fucking... Ow. My kitty's being mean. She just wants to play. So, anyway, Edwin and his father decided at this point... They've had enough. With the hysteria of the vampires going around, George believed that this had to, of course, be the cause. You know, I think at first he was kind of like, eh, I'm not going to buy into this. But then, you know, he kind of got to the point where he's like, okay, it's affecting my family too. We have to do something. So, on March 17th, 1892, it was decided that Mary Eliza, mom, Mary Olive, oldest sister, and Mercy Brown, younger sister, all their remains should be exhumed and examined to see who or if there is a vampire. The townspeople and a local doctor were brought in as well, so it's literally like a whole affair. I'm sure they did it with everyone. Like, everyone wants to see the vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have, we've always had a morbid fucking sensibility to us. Now, oh my god, (laughs) she's playing with my hoodie and she's so cute, I'm sorry. Okay, you're distracting me. Um, so yeah, so they were brought in and Mary Eliza and Mary Olive, who of course died years before, they were found completely decomposed, skeletal, you know, the norm, as Mm -hmm. they thought. And that's, you know, what everyone thought. Everything looked normal. Mercy, however, who only died nine weeks prior, looked pretty much the same and seemed to not be decomposing. Well, when you're in a box in the ground, and decomposition cold. happens a lot slower. It was cold, it was... too. They said that due to, like, low temperatures, she, she, yeah, so she was, was even slower frozen. to it. Yep. Yeah, and nine weeks, duh. Come on. Yeah, yeah. These people, I mean... For God's sakes, we just talked about how in the 1800s there was fucking light bulbs and photographs. What are you talking about? These people right? are like... Isn't it so... Like, I... Like, duh. When I looked this up, <laughs> I was cavemen. like, oh, okay, this is going to be like early 1700s, something like... Or I guess like right after, but no, like it's after the Civil War. Yeah, and like all of that's that stuff a little has been ridiculous. I know exactly who these people were that came up with this. Yeah, me too. Me fucking too. I so, know exactly who. Because even like the town doctors who were there were like trying to explain. Because I guess Mercy, sometimes if you would like poke the vampire and they bled, they were like, "Oh, this is a vampire." You know, they just had fresh blood, and the doctors would even be like. 
no, you know, this is what's happening kind of thing. And they'd be like, no, it's vampires. Oh, I know exactly who <laughs> Yeah, you can't even talk sense into them, uh-uh. literally. It's so poignant for this time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it just shows that people don't change. The times will change, but people at the inherent core of people and Are the species. ridiculous idiots. Yeah. Literally. I'm sorry. Literally, there's always going to be something. So, yeah. So she looked pretty normal, and this led them to believe that Mercy was a vampire and that she was responsible for sucking the life out of Edwin. You know what I would do if I were these people? Because I would be a ghost anyway. I wouldn't be a vampire, obviously. But I'd be a fucking ghost, and I'd say, you know what, motherfuckers? You think that I am draining the life out of the rest of you? Guess what? I'm gonna. Now I am. I'm gonna, bitch. Have fun yep. with your poltergeist-filled house. Yeah, you're never gonna <laughs> sleep again, bitch. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting haunted. Oh, Because you don't trust in your own child. I know. Come on, Mercy. Yeah. It's Mercy. Do it up, man. Yep. Good Lord. And, like, if they're... If they're, like, into the supernatural like that, like, you'd think that ghosts could be in that realm and, like, all of that kind of well, stuff. Well, no, because you know? everything was demonic, with especially with the religion. Well, yeah, that's true. They, know, even uh, yeah. ghosts to religious people these days are all demons. And, like, I'll get into, like, Mary. She's, like, buried, like, I think they were Baptist. Yeah. So they were probably very into the Baptist religion, which could yeah. be strict. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into that, but all religion is fun and strong. Who the fuck am I talking about? So, anyway, Mercy's heart and liver were quickly removed and burned as a way to stop her from rising and using her supernatural powers against her brother. Doesn't this sound, like, so fucking just amazing? (laughs) According to the story of Mercy on NightlySpirits.com, Edwin also ingested the ashes as another attempt to cure his illness. Yum. Spoiler alert! It didn't work! It didn't help, and Edwin perished only two months later. Only two months. I really want to be the fly on the wall after Edwin dies. And I, I didn't, side goog, I wish I was going to, and then I got distracted. I don't know, I didn't read anywhere if George, George, it's George, right, it's George, um, died. I don't know if he survived, I don't know if he died. It wasn't in my research, so I'm assuming that I'm he assuming probably that he lived. did not. <laughs> no, I'm assuming that he lived, yeah, I... I because it wasn't anywhere. You'd think that if it was anywhere that they would have written, like, and George died, too, and the whole family is gone and wiped out forever. So, I don't know. Maybe George got into a relationship with someone who wasn't a vampire. Maybe. <laughs> who the fuck knows? Or maybe he just went to a sanatorium when he got sick. And it yeah. prolonged and he survived. I don't and then know. died. Uh, but, yeah. By the early 1900s, like I said, there was more knowledge about TB and disease itself, mm-hmm. how it spread. So, I think that helped calming, you know, the hysteria over these vampires. At least I, a little bit. At least yeah. a little bit. I mean, there's probably... The type of people they were, I'm guessing it's, it lasted quite a while. I don't believe you. I, yeah. You are probably, qualified, you scientist doctor person with the degrees. I can imagine, like, a town hall meeting. I know. Get the vampire! Yeah. And just, you know, like that... that oh, Scary, like the Frankenstein, you know, mm-hmm. that mob that comes. Good fucking Lord. So, yeah. To this day, some researchers are still finding burials, which appear to be from this time. There are bodies that are flipped in graves or skeletal remains that are jumbled and all over the place. A lot of them were found, like, in the skull and crossbones type of, you know, demeanor. So, I don't know exactly. I tried, I think I tried to side to get how they... I, I think it was holes in the ground. So, like, if someone was skeletal, how I was like, how did they know if they're vampires? You know, apparently it's if you're not that decomposed. 
apparently with that, it was like if there were any like holes in the ground of the burial, that is how the spirit or the person would rise, and that would indicate that they were a vampire, apparently. Huh. So the Lord I also was, know that they used to bury people with um, bells. The bells, yep. yeah. Just yep, in yep. case there was like a zombie instance because there was a time Someone when somebody alive. wasn't actually dead yep. Yep. and was buried. And that's why they had grave the the grave shift workers yep. because they had to listen for the bells. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? I'd love that job. <laughs> Could you imagine hearing, hearing it? Dude, I know. The bell. And then uh-huh. going over and not seeing that it's some animal yep. brushing it. It's actually... Flicking yeah. from beneath. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That gives me those goosebumps. It's fucking creepy. Now, you can visit Mercy Brown if you'd like. And cool. um, I think I'm adding that to my, my cemetery yeah. list because I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. She is buried at the Baptist Church Cemetery in Exeter, Rhode Island. Okay. Please be considerate when visiting, of course. Shouldn't yeah. even have to fucking say that shit. No. But apparently, like, people stole her gravestone. And, like, took it home. So they have now, like, secured it, glued it down, made sure that it's not as easy to get up. But, yeah, that is... Doesn't surprise me. That is fucking shitty. So Mm -hmm. that's all I have for today. But... Don't go. Don't go anywhere because... It is now time for you to hear from moi. Noelle's coming up right now. Yay. All right. Mine isn't quite a story, but one of the kinds that I do often, which is... A list episode. We love listicles here. Being the little cultural anthropologist wannabe that I am, I thought it would be fun to take a look at different Halloween-like cultures from all over the world. Yeah, brilliant. I'm sorry, not Halloween-like cultures. Halloween-like traditions Traditions. from different cultures and places all over the world. Most of these Halloween-like traditions do not take place on our October 31st, and some don't happen every single year either. Yeah, makes sense. Um, also, I wanted to apologize. There will be some left out, as I cannot cover the traditions from the entire world in one half an episode. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so if you hell feel no. like your culture or where you live have their own traditions that I might not have shared, feel free to come on to a Windbag Wednesday or even just send us an email. Yeah, and definitely. And Totally. So shall we begin? Let's fucking do it. Okay, well, I figured the first one on the list I would do was to follow your episode up, and it is called Dracula Day. Ha <laughs> perfect. Yep. Dracula Day began in Romania, as you may imagine, yeah, yeah. but it's celebrated all over the world. The celebration takes place on May 26th. And it is to commemorate Bram Stoker's Dracula novel, which was published May 26 in 1897. This year, 2021, was the 120th anniversary of Dracula. And people around the world have parties, dress up, and watch the movie rendition of Dracula, which is honestly... Bella Lugosi. My first ever scary movies I ever watched was my papa watching... The Universal Monster um, type. The black and white. It was I was watching black and white movies when I was like seven. Okay. <laughs> watching it with my papa, and I would watch all of them, and some of them were pretty crazy for being as young as I was. But hey, who who you know? It's okay. It was black and white. <laughs> People will also go to visit one of my bucket list places, which is Bran Castle on that day, which is where yes. Vlad Dragulia resided in Transylvania, which is now Romania, mm-hmm. Italy. And that's that. So, yeah, they go and visit. They they will watch the movie. They'll have watch parties and everything. It's literally just to celebrate Oh yeah, Dracula, yep. the novel. The monsters, like Frankenstein, Dracula, like mm-hmm. all of that. Like, that is a huge 
thing for people. Yeah. There are people obsessed with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I can definitely see it. Mm Mm-hmm. Second on the list I have for you today is called The Hungry Ghost Festival, and that is in Hong Kong. Oh, that sounds fun. Now, a lot of the traditions I do cover from different portions, um, like in, in Hong Kong here, uh, there's other parts in, in Asia and everything where people do have similar traditions. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are, like, multiple different types of each tradition, pretty much. Yep, yeah, and that makes sense. Yep. So, the Hungry Ghost Festival, it takes place every seventh lunar month around the middle of the month. So, usually um, August to September, is, you know, through okay. there. During this time, many people believe that the spirits of the dead become a little stir-crazy and restless and that they're able to travel freely at this time. The festival itself lasts for about a month, which I wish we would let our festivities last a whole month. Fuck yeah, man. During which people set out offerings to the spirits, like money and food that they may need in the afterlife, like many of the other cultures do. Oh yeah, the afterlife is a big thing in pretty much everyone's but ours. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, no, ours would be heaven. Well, true, but no. That's only if you participate in that religion. Yep. Third up on our list is the Awuru Odo Festival in Nigeria. So this festival lasts for up to six whole months. Damn, they partying. Mm-hmm. Six months filled with dancing, feasts, parades, masks, and music. It's believed during this time, loved ones from the afterlife and this grand festival... Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Written weird? Yeah. It's but... believed during this time, from the afterlife... <laughs> I'm not really sure. They return. I don't know what I was trying to write, but I will go. I will get there. So they people believe, from the afterlife return that that. Yeah. That so this festival is to send them send them off. Like, okay. It's their send okay. off. And cool. so the spirits come back and everything. They have this festival with their their loved ones for six whole months, and then it's kind of like okay, now you now have to go back go. to the spirit realm. Yeah. Yep. For our fourth celebration. We have a very generalized, and I don't mean that in a rude way, uh, All Saints Day. I say generalized because so many countries and cultures have All Saints Day, especially ones that participate in Christianity and Catholicism. Yep. In France, it's called La Toussaint. In Italy, it's called Oni Santi. Catholicism, it's All Saints or All Souls Day. In Russia, it's called Radonitsa or Day of Rejoicing. Hmm. And so on. Literally all over the place. Yeah, makes sense. Through, uh, not through, though. (laughs) All these variations of All Saints Days takes place during all different times throughout the world. So, um, you know, though it's All Saints Day, they all take place during different times. They choose their time that is good, that is, is meaningful to them. Right. Basically, yeah. But they all encompass similar ceremonial type traditions, like... Meals together, food offerings, going to church or mass, yep. um, visiting loved ones' final resting places in graveyards, that's a big one, of course, and leaving things for the spirits at their graves as well. Yeah. So, for our fifth tradition today, we have Dia de los Muertos, yes, which is yes, the Day yes. of the Dead. Yes, yes. While most pulp cu- culture, pulp culture, I cannot talk today. Hey, I was happens. fine during Jenna's portion, but not mine. <laughs> Doesn't it? Isn't it weird? It's like <laughs> flips. 
While most pop culture, I keep thinking about pizza. I think that's a problem. <laughs> References <laughs> Mexico. Pizza. I love <laughs> pizza now. Pop. I'm gonna have pizza and wings. I just need some pizza and wings. <sighs> Okay, so while most pop culture references Mexico, many other Latin-speaking countries celebrate it as well, usually around November 1st or 2nd, including where Gustavo's from, the Dominican Republic, also celebrates something similar. Mm -hmm. Haiti has its own thing going on. I did not mention them in this list, but it's actually kind of cool as well. However, in Mexico, it's believed that on midnight on October 31st, Mm -hmm. that's when the veils are down and the spirits of the children descend into the earthly plane. And then on November 1st comes the adults. And then I believe the second is when they do their send off and say goodbye to their relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in fact, it's pretty cool. I actually. Give me chills. I just love that. It just. I love this tradition. I actually am. I was going to pick up a candle on the way home for the process because I wanted to share with you guys today something I learned and I'm sorry if this is incorrect but it did come from a source that has Latin heritage so October 28th the first candle is lit and a white flower is placed to receive the lost souls October 29th the next candle is lit and a case of water is placed or a cup of water is placed Dedicated to the abandoned and forgotten deceased. October 30th, another candle is lit and a glass of water is placed. And white bread is placed for the deceased who left without eating before they left. October 31st, another candle is lit and a glass of water is placed in another thing of white bread. And then they add fruit as well. Yeah. November 1st, All Saints Day for them. So they, they also classify it as that. The souls who died as children arrive, and the food is then put on the altar. November 2nd, sorry, day of the faithful departed, uh, souls of the dead adults come to collect and eat the offering that the families placed. And then November 3rd, this says, the last white candle is lit, and they say goodbye to the deceased, and the offering is removed. I love it. So, I I do too. It's such a nice... It's just nice and heartwarming, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just beautiful. And they create, like, little altars, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was about on. to talk about. Yeah, they they build, they actually build their altars each year, and then they tear them down. Uh, they, they're type of tables where they can put pictures out of the, dece- the deceased loved ones with the candles, leaving their offerings, food, jewelry, flowers, anything they, they might find meaningful to them. And there's also parades and lots of music. From my understanding with this tradition... Excuse me. With this tradition, the photos are everything. If there is no photo of a loved one, their soul or spirit becomes lost and forgotten. The pictures help guide the spirits and also keep the spirit intact with memories embedded in those that they love. In this tradition, it's this tradition you see people dressing in elaborate dresses, hats, or a type of headdress in the sugar skull face paintings. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Coco, I really recommend that you do because it's a wonderful. It's so good. You could cry. Uh huh. <laughs> yep, it does. Number six on this list is kind of similar, but it comes from Bolivia, and it takes place on November eighth. It's called Dia de las Natitas. Okay. Which I can't quite find an exact translation except the little pug-nosed ones, which I take as like skulls, maybe because you know they have the yeah yeah, and yeah. it's all about this. This tradition for them is all about skulls. I think I know about this one, too. I think I've heard about, read about this one. I didn't know about this one, but I did know about the one from Indonesia. So, if I spoke incorrectly and did not, and and don't know the right translation, I would be 
very overjoyed to know. So if you could let us know, that'd be good. Yes. We're open to education. Yes. <laughs> For this tradition, indigenous people from across the country take the skulls of their deceased loved ones and they adorn them with flowers, jewels, hats, sunglasses, or anything they feel like. I've even seen images of ones with cigars on their mouths. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Anyways, they dress the skulls up and place them in boxes, which range from fancy to be dazzled and regular cardboards. Fancy boxes. to be dazzled. Yeah. <laughs> fancy and bedazzled to regular cardboard. That's what I meant to say, but you guys just bear with me because I can't talk. Terrible. I'm thinking about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about the pizza and wings. I haven't even told Goosey, like, should we have pizza and wings? I think I've just decided that that's what. That's okay. Pizza. You know, he'll probably be happy about that because usually you're like, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I've been coming up with the dinners not too bad lately, but yeah, that is how it is. <laughs> so they actually believed that the more dressed up the skull was, the more blessings they would receive from the spirits. Number seven is, I'm sorry if I do not pronounce this right, and I always use either Italian, French, or Spanish accents where they don't belong, even in words that are I not agree with Spanish that. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, all the same in my brain. Um, Pitru Paksha, and that is from India. I think I did okay, but I'm not sure. I think you did fine. Pitru <laughs> Paksha. Yes. So a Paksha is a lunar fortnight, which is, as people might know, a fortnight is 14 days or two weeks. This tradition takes place during the half, the second half, which the second 14 days or second Paksha of the Hindu lunar month called, okay, now this one I'm not going to do great at, <laughs> Bharapada. Bharapada. I think it did great. That's exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> Bharapada. Yeah, you I'm not sure if the H is silent H, or not, so I left it silent. Yep. And this, this tradition lasts for 16 days. So I'm going to quote the article that I was using, uh, which was on mental floss, <laughs> the, the the website, not the article. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. website is Mental Floss, and it's a blog site, and this was 20 Halloween-like traditions from around the world um, from Mental Floss. So, okay. In the Hindu religion, it's believed that when a person dies, Yama, the Hindu god of death, takes his or her soul to purgatory, where they'll find their last three generations of family members. Huh. During Pitru Paksha, the souls are briefly allowed to return to Earth to be with their earthly families before returning to purgatory. So, whoa, your last three generations of family are stuck in purgatory for that long? Why? Why don't they get to know where they're going? That's true. I'm curious now. I'd like to research that. Yeah. Eighth on my list, I don't know why, I just really like it. I just really like it. It's called what I think would be pronounced Kukeri or Kukeri. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's from Bulgaria. This tradition may be the oldest we've spoken about, but I'm not totally positive. I do know that it's centuries old mm, okay, and cool. um, has Bulgarian pagan roots. Which a Everything lot of them do. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has pagan roots. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christmas has motherfucking pagan roots. Yeah. People dressed up in, quote, monster costumes, but they aren't the traditional monster costumes we have here in America. These are often handmade and often animalistic, kind of either real-life looking animals or made, even like made-up weird looking animals. Okay, okay. And they're paraded through town for two entire days to ward off evil spirits from the town. 
Ah, cool. I like that. Yep. And there's so many of them, so many costumes and so many people that it has to be two entire days so that everybody can make sure that their costume has warded off the spirits. Yeah, yeah. So the costumes actually sometimes included structures made of wood, mm-hmm. bells, hair, and masks. So okay, okay. It was, it was pretty neat. And the picture that I've got up is intriguing for sure. I agree. I agree. It seems like they use a lot of pelt and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. For the ninth one, we have ten and and maybe a, um, a little honorable bonus. mention. Okay. But for the ninth one, I could not leave out my history, which is Sam Hain, or as others pronounce it, Samhain. Oh yeah. From right, Ireland yeah. and Scotland. And Just a second. So Samhain is a pagan and Celtic tradition. I classify myself as a pagan eclectic witch. And I'm also Irish in my background. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. I was more Scottish, which I was surprised about. I have to do a DNA test still. I'm I'm curious to know. I was told. I was told. Irish, Irish, Irish. Oh, that's Irish. Yeah. Scottish, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyways. uh, uh, Sorry. (laughs) 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 Flip it and reverse it. Okay. Salwyn. The pagan tradition has be, has given birth to our modern-day Halloween in the yep. U.S. It's also a tradition that's thousands of years old as well. In fact, pagan rituals, as Jenna just mentioned, and beliefs have actually birthed many of the holidays and things that we celebrate in general here in the U.S. and around the world. Samhain is a celebration of the end of the harvest season. It doesn't even have anything to do with scary stuff. It's literally the end of harvest and rituals are held and feasts are had, as well as bonfires and celebrating with the traditional Irish fruitcake called barmbrock. Barmbrock would be baked with trinkets and coins and such inside. And if you were to bite into a piece with such things included, then your fortune was positive. So it's actually really funny that you mentioned that. And I didn't, I guess I didn't know where this came from, but... Um Every year on our birthdays, my dad would bake our cake. I remember you saying. And we would yeah. have a foil. It started out as a quarter, but it would be like a half dollar or even the full sack of Jawi a dollar. And whoever found that piece of cake, you got a dollar. Yeah. So, huh, I guess that came from that. What if you accidentally that. swallow it? It's, you know it's there. Because you're, like, eating through your cake. Yeah. And it, like, you hit it or something. Yeah. Like, it was wrapped in foil. And you weren't about to eat it. Yeah. I always got that question. Doesn't anyone eat the quarter? No. I know. <laughs> well, it's funny because even the article was like, yeah, modern day health department shit has made it so that you can't do that anymore. Happen very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we couldn't do it on like a store bought cake, of course, because no. you got to hide it under the frosting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. So for our tenth and last tradition. I included a link to the source that I used so you all could go through it and look at the pictures. This is from a gentleman's story of going to Indonesia. This is where our next story takes place from. Indonesia, and the ritual is called Manini or Manene. I'm not really positive. Again, I'm sorry about that. But I wanted to include this last because most people would call it a more macabre tradition, and that's not saying that it's a bad thing. It's just what many people aren't accustomed to, especially here in the U.S. Anything, I mean, people are still like, oh, you've got tattoos and piercings. Well, it's you even, know, like, <clears throat> you know, it's even the one, um, 
with the, the skulls that they adorn. Yeah. Um, number six or whatever. Uh, I find that a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, that's your loved one's skull. But I find it beautiful. I, know, I think it's I beautiful too. that you have that part of them. Mm-hmm. But I would have skulls around my house and things yeah. like it, it doesn't bother me the way it would I bother think other what's people. Weirder for some people, especially with this tradition, it's is that they bit, dig them up. Yeah. See, I so, wanted to know how does the other culture get that? Their, I don't know. Their Those were regular skulls. These are mummified skeletons, and I'll yeah. talk about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, they look insane. Like, it looks insane. Yeah. So... Neat, but insane. Yeah, that's why I said most people aren't very used to it. They may think it's a little macabre, but I I mean, I... Once I read about it, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually really You can see why they're doing it, exactly. So before or after the harvest in August, the Torajan people, I'm not sure if you guys uh, say your J's, I'm not sure, uh, Torajan, I'm going to say Torajan, Torajan. Uh, people, they dig up the bones of their loved ones in complete skeletal form. When their loved one's bodies are out of the grave, the family takes that time to clean their grave before they go back in. Like, they oh, go and they okay. clean their bed and they clean, like, as, you know, quote, uh-huh. in their, their bed and their home. That's so sweet. You know, I know. That's what I liked. I was like. It's because it's their final resting place. It's the place that your loved one is going to be forever. forever. Especially if they, you are buried, you know. So yeah. So they're taking that extra care. And these people aren't grossed out by it. They're like. You know, this is my loved one. I still owe them the respect in and death, everything. And, and yeah. It's just, it, it is a really beautiful thing. People are going to say that it's weird and gross. I don't think so. You, you're always going to have people who don't understand other cultures. Yeah. And it's just, shut it down. Mm-hmm. So they do leave the body out in the sun to dry. I would assume it's obviously because condensation shit, you know, you get... The bones and the mummies are probably a little bit moist inside there. You yeah, know? yeah. And to mummify, you need dry, motherfucking yeah. dry, 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 dry. So they leave them out in the sun to dry. Uh, before dressing the bones, they will put clothes on them, and they prop them up throughout town. While dressing the bodies, family members and friends often have conversations with the deceased, paying their respects, praying, and asking for blessings of good health. And uh, the corpses have been mummified for this purpose. And I find that... There's something maybe macably, macably, is that a word? Macabre, macably. Okay, I'm going to make up a new word. <laughs> macably sweet about it. Like, it's like you can feel like you're having a conversation oh, I with love the it. person. I love it. I like, mean, talking to a deceased loved one is healthy. I talk to yeah. my dad all the motherfucking time. Yeah. And to have that physicality right there probably adds an extra layer of healing to it. Even mm-hmm. if some people are going to be like, oh, you're talking to bones. So? So? You do the same thing when you go to the graveyard and visit I your... talk to my motherfucking self. Okay? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Come on. And yeah, I go to the cemetery and mm-hmm. I'll sit down and I'll have a fucking full-blown goddamn conversation. I'll mm-hmm. do it while I'm cooking dinner. I know. I talk to my grandpa all the time. All the time. So, that is that. But I do have an honorable mention. I had to do this... It's one of my favorite festivals that I've known about this festival for a while. I just didn't know it took place around this time. The honorable mention goes to Nepal for the Tiar, Tiar or Tihar Festival of Lights and Colors. Okay. This festival lasts for five days. On each day, from my understanding, specific animals are celebrated. The first day gives thanks and praise to the crow, who in their belief is the messenger, um, the messenger of death by spending... Who is the messenger of death. Yeah, so he will accompany death and the souls to the next life or whatever. Okay, okay. So what they'll do is they'll spend the day 
feeding the birds around mm. there. They'll feed all the birds. And Tihar is to honor Yama, which is the god of death. But the goddess Laxmi uh, is the goddess of wealth, and she runs the festivities. No. They get the honorable mention because I am very biased to our four-legged friends. And on one of the days, they worship and pay their respects to dogs. This is the doggy fest. Okay. It is. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And the dogs are thought to accompany Yama to the gates of the underworld. Uh, All the dogs, stray or domesticated, get praise and thanks, adorned with lay-like necklaces with real flowers and fed lots of treats. And they'll even give them, like, a little red dot, just like they have, you know. And... It's so nice to see, like, this type of festival for dogs as opposed to, like, the Yulin shit and all those other bad things. But these are dogs that are fat and healthy and happy and, like, it's so nice to see. And I would definitely participate in that. I was going to say I want to know the date because I'll deck my own dog out. (laughs) I know. I know. Here's your lay, TT. I know. I didn't even put it. It must not have been in my research. I'm going to have to check and That's all right. It might be something that, like, moves, too. Like, it might not be a specific day every year. Like, Easter or something weird, you know. The third Sunday of every third month. (laughs) (laughs) Like something no one can remember. So you gotta Google it every year, like fucking Easter. Yep. I know. Or Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving moves moves all the time. Yeah. When the fuck is Thanksgiving this year? I have no idea. (laughs) It's either like the. I know it's on a Thursday. It's the third Thursday, right? Or something? That's the only thing I know it doesn't change. It's always on a Thursday. Always on a Thursday. Thanksgiving Thursday. Easter Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. What? <laughs> Easter and Sunday. What? I was saying Thursday, Thanksgiving, Thursday. They're both TA oh, things. Oh, oh, like, I didn't Easter, get it. Easter, Sunday. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. No. I, just, I thought you were talking about it being on Thursday. No. Like, oh, okay, it's on Thursday. So I was like, oh, yeah. Easter, <laughs> Sunday. Uh, anyways, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And taking part in our special two-for-one Halloween episode. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Please be, be safe, safe. Be spooky and have fun. Yes. You can follow us on ChooChube, More Than Murder. Do all the things. Subscribe, bell, all that stuff. Leave us reviews, comments, and all that on iTunes, Audible, Facebook, anywhere that you can find it. Really helps. Commenting and sharing YouTube videos uh, social media posts, that really helps because of algorithms as well. You can follow us on Facebook at... More Than Murder. Twitter at... More Than Underscore Murder. And Insta at... More Than Murder Pod. And I did want to get let you guys know that we are switching um, podcast hosting yes. places. Yes, yes, yes. And it's been a little bit of a strange transition. So if you subscribe on Podbean... Just pay attention for when we send out the link because then you can you go ahead and subscribe on ACAST as where we're going to be. If you guys subscribe somewhere else like Google Podcasts, you'll be it fine. It won't matter, yeah. But, but the only one it'll affect our hosting site, right? The only ones it'll affect is if you use Podbean because we are switching to ACAST. They make it so much easier. I and more friendly. Can't we like maybe not because it's a hosting site? But I wonder like. Because I feel like Crime Junkie and all them are on there. Can't you send it to Podbean so it would still be on Podbean? We'll have to look into that. Because I feel like other ones are on there. And I feel like Crime Junkie's not using Podbean as their I don't know who hosting site. 
I'm not sure. We'll have to look at it. But they're on that. So maybe, maybe yeah. we can figure that out and you can still listen on Podbean. Yeah. If you want to migrate with us, we will be on the Acast. Yes. Um, and let's see. Anything else? If you have any ghosty experiences, true crime stories of your own, would love to be featured on your very own guest episode of More Than Murder, email us and let us know for a Win Bag Wednesday. Or yeah. if you just want an anonymous subscription, submission, I mean, sorry. <laughs> an anonymous <laughs> subscription to what? Oh. <laughs> an anonymous submission, we will chat. As usual, just email us at the Gmail, morethanmurderpod at gmail.com. You yeah. know what would be fun, real quick? Huh. So, we have that Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Which we have people in, but we never really talk about it much. No, but even when I post stuff to the Facebook group, I know nobody responds. They never do, no. But, guys, guys, something fun that we could do, since we are a community and a little family, go to More Than Murder Pod, not your typical true crime group, that is the name on Facebook, and post pictures of your Halloween costumes. Yeah, that would be fun. We want to see it. Dress yeah. up your cat. Dress up your dog. Dress up your kid. You dress up. You go to a party. You do cool things. Post it in there. We want to see it. We want to hang out and talk. And If you're not in the group, just tag it to the regular page. Or that, too. Yeah. And, or become part of the group. Do something. Yeah, become part Send of the group. Send it somewhere. Yeah. Post it on our Instagram comments for this episode or something. We want to see your guys' costumes. Mm-hmm. So, and we want to know who's listening because this comes out before Halloween. So, yep, it do. Do that up. We want to see you. Yep, we do. Other than that, yeah, we're Love gonna you. go. Love you. Bye. Bye.